Okay, let's write them a theme song. Five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to NASA. We go out to space and we make really cool things that never, ever break. Whoa, nice. There you go. That's your original um, NASA theme song. You can you can mail us the money. The check for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Welcome back. Space Messier. I am your host, Florence, Shauna. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> I forgot she changed her name. Yeah, just recently. Just feeling something new. Is your name Shauna now? No, I was just going to see if anyone would notice. Hey, welcome to Sean and Shauna's podcast. <laughs> Space Messier. With Sean and Shauna. <laughs> Welcome Gross. back as well to... The now we're done with this whole unofficial. We can just proclaim ourselves as the official space. Yeah, come podcast, on. Until right? someone stops us. Yeah, <laughs> it's ours. Elon, in order to stop us, you must call us and meet up with us in person for lunch and a brief interview. Brief, as in a couple days, three hours. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, welcome back, everyone, and we have some awesome news today. And we said that about SpaceX because SpaceX news. <laughs> 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 That was John Cena's. <laughs> <laughs> Another original by Sean Flo. <laughs> SpaceX and Tesla CEO Elon Musk announced his plan to combine the technologies of his two busy- biggest companies by placing rocket thrusters on a special model of the Tesla Roadster. According to Musk, the thrusters <laughs> won't actually combust, thank God, but they will expel highly pressurized cold air giving the Tesla an extra boost in acceleration. It's happening. We're having rocket Rocket cars. cars. That is so weird. Soon where we're going, we won't need roads. Oh, it's going to be so cool. Back to the future. We'll fly cars. Mm. Have you seen Back to the Future? Of course, a million times. It's like one of my favorite movies. At the end of the first one, he says, here we go, but we don't have enough road Uh, to get to 88 miles per hour. And then Doc Brown says, where we're going... We don't need roads. Dang, that's going to be us. We're going to be dark rounds. Um, <laughs> slightly alarming. People are already scary enough driving on the freeway. I'm growing up my hair to be gray and crazy. Oh, yeah. Very good. Jenna will love that. So will you be? Will <laughs> I'll be you, Marty, obviously. Be Marty. I'm actually going to be Marty McFly for Halloween this year. No way. I've been planning on doing it for like the past three years. I'm sorry, Chase and Jenna, but I'm going to be Doc Brown. This is going to be <laughs> awesome. And then... Jenna can also be Marty. She can be your Marty, and Chase can be my Doc. Whoa! And then we've just quadrupled up our Halloween. Or costumes. you can be guys the ones from the past, and we can be the ones from the future, or opposite. Oh yeah! I don't know why we're assuming that we're going to spend Halloween together. And my child can and be your Einstein. baby can be the Doc. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You are naming her Einstein, right? Yes. Einsteina. Okay, yeah. just double checking on that. Good. Speaking of children, <laughs> if, time to bribe some children. <laughs> yeah. If you can't bribe your child to dress up like a dog. Um, this Halloween. And you haven't trained her well enough yet. So start over. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But students in the U.S. and Canada are being recruited for the Base 11 Space Challenge, which is a competition to build a liquid-fueled, single-stage rocket powerful enough 
to reach 100 kilometers, which is 62 miles high. And the prize is one, one million dollars. dollars. <laughs> we suck. Okay. <laughs> that height marks the international. Yeah, bro. <laughs> English language. Just a little reboot there. Um, that height marks the internationally accepted boundary of space, or the Carmen Line, who we will talk about in detail later um the deadline to win the one million dollar grand prize is december 30th 2021 aiming to boost participation by women and minorities in aerospace science across north america awesome that is so cool yeah three years you guys (laughs) i was counting yeah (laughs) 192021. 20, Three years, guys. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yes. So according to my calculations, get your child, what is it, anyone under age the age of 18? Yeah. Okay. Get anyone under the age of 18 to submit their incredible designs the and base rockets. 11 space challenge. Yep. Within the next three years to get that million dollars. So today's episode, we're going to be shifting gears, is something that I want to do for a long time. And it's basically the history of NASA. Mm-hmm. But... The history of NASA, as I looked into it, is not nearly uh, brief enough for a one-hour episode. So I picked some really, really cool aspects of the history of how NASA came to be. We're going to focus on them this time, and in the future we'll hit some of the other areas. Um, But the history this time focuses largely on the Nazi party, surprisingly enough. Uh, There is a lot of history that happened on the U.S. side of things in our government with President Eisenhower and all of that. We're going to say that for a later date, but today it's super, super interesting. So while the Un- while NASA is the United States of America's space agency, its formation was truly an international affair. NASA stands for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, and they are responsible for many of the missions into deep space and the first manned mission to the moon. So to start from the beginning, though, we actually need to start in Budapest in the 1880s at the home of Theodore von Karman. Oh, the Karman line. Yeah, there he is. So Theodore von Karman, being a prodigy in mathematics, von Karman was guided into engineering by his father and eventually directed an aeronautical institute in Germany. However, in 1930, when Hitler came to power, von Karman, being Jewish, moved to the California Institute of Technology in Pasadena to lead an aeronautical laboratory. In 1936, Theodore von Karman was visited by two men in black. Kidding. Um, Maybe. I mean, they were probably wearing black suits. Yeah. Uh, John Parsons (laughs) and Edward Foreman, which was to inquire his help for building rockets. Now, these men were students, by the way. Yeah. They were young. Young young men in black. (laughs) (laughs) They were students. (laughs) Um, And so they were also joined by students Frank Molina, Apollo Milton Olin Smith, and Sien Sushen, the Suicide Squad, as they were known, which Very is good name. so dope. And they sparked an unintended explosion on campus. So then the school moved their testing to Arroyo Seco, a dry canyon wash at the foot of the San Gabriel Mountains near Pasadena. This testing eventually grabbed the attention of the military, contracting them for $11,000 in just two years. After helping the military to develop jet-assisted takeout for aircraft, the Guggenheim Laboratory began working towards a response to the Germans' V-2 Rocky. <laughs> Rocky. It's just like a cute little nickname that I have for rockets. You know, the German V2 Rocky. <laughs> just a cute little rocket that killed millions of people. Oh, no. So the V2 rocket. And they did this under the name 
Jet Jet Propulsion Propulsion Laboratory, which is managed by the Army. Yes. So that's how the... That's how JPL, Jet Propulsion Lab, came to be. Some students were fiddling with rockets, blew up their dorm room, kind of, and then they were moved to this canyon wash under the San Gabriel Mountains. And then they were like, hey, 11,000 bucks for you to help us out. Yep. Make some Rockies with us. <clears throat> yeah. And they're like, hey, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, the V2. It's a cute little Rocky. <laughs> so th- that being said, the next German to have a huge part in the growth of the American space program is Werner von Braun. Now, von Braun was born in 1912 in Germany and was inspired and fascinated by space travel after reading Hermann Oberth's The Rocket to Interplanetary Space as a teenager. Testing liquid-fueled rockets in his free time, he studied mechanical engineering and physics in Berlin, and his work with rockets attracted, once again, the attention of the German army. From there, his work continued to impress officials of Nazi leadership and soon noticed and agreed um, to generously fund his research, so long as he designed and built long-range ballistic missiles, eventually known as these V-2 rockets, or Rockies, uh, to turn the tide of the war. Now, um, Werner von Braun really, he, he was primarily interested in space exploration. Mm-hmm. And he made this very clear, especially in his time after he was involved with the Nazi party. But the only way they would fund his research is if he also created these huge weapons of mass destruction. Mm. So sad. Yeah, sadly, this, however, was not von Braun's dream. He was still inspired from his youth. And for the original reason, he went into rocketry, which was space exploration. And that was his first priority. Unfortunately, though, after overhearing von Braun talk about this with his colleagues, he was arrested for two weeks because of treason by the Gestapo. Ooh, Gestapo. Yeah, the Nazi secret police. After this, von Braun knew that he had to escape and conduct his research elsewhere. So after Adolf Hitler had died, von Braun and his team of 400 made plans to surrender to the Americans. Initially skeptical to let a Nazi scientist into their ranks, the Americans eventually agreed and took over the 300 train car loads of spare V2 rocket parts with them. Okay, so if you haven't seen this yet, on Netflix there's this documentary called The Space Race. I think that's the one. Mm. Um, And they have like a dramatization. Dramatization? Dramatization. Dramatization. Yeah. A dramatic reenactment. Yes. <laughs> they have actors that reenact all of this history really, really well. And they have this entire story laid out into like hour long episodes. It is so interesting. Um, they say that in this, and it's, I think it's by the History Channel. Mm. Um, it's pretty accurate. And they say that there were orders after, if Adolf Hitler were to die, or however he was going to die, um, there were orders to kill von Braun. And so as they, may, they make it very dramatic, obviously, in the show. But. Um, as soon as the Nazi party or these officials that were keeping von Braun imprisoned, as soon as they heard that Adolf Hitler died, they went immediately to go kill him, and he had just escaped and went searching for American soldiers to surrender. Really, really cool. So check out Space Race if you haven't seen it yet. Um, It's really, really awesome. Dang. Yeah. So now finally settled and trusted in America to conduct his own research, von Braun and his team settled in Huntsville, Alabama. His assignment was to lead the American ballistic missile program but was permitted to pursue his dreams of sending spacecraft into orbit. In fact, after the Russians launched Sputnik, the first ever man-made satellite to orbit the Earth in 1957, von Braun and his team were not far behind with Explorer 1 in January of 1958, a couple months later. Nicely done, Warner. Yeah. So all that being said, we have you know, um, a Jew, a German, fleeing Germany yeah. uh, because of this Nazi party, and the United States is benefiting directly. So NASA itself, however, it has its roots in America as well. So on March 3rd, 1915, 
the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, or NACA, N-A-C-A, was a U.S. federal agency founded to undertake, promote, and institutionalize aeronautical research. This was a committee formed during World War I, and it was modeled on similar national agencies across Europe. So, you know, France had one of these, um, England had one of these, I'm pretty sure. However, after World War II, President Eisenhower disestablished NACA and established NASA in October of 1958 to command all civilian and peaceful space science missions, separating it from the military. It was hard because during World War I and World War II, space exploration wasn't really, really a focus. And so it was just kind of smushed in with all the military operations because they were the ones that were handling um, regular flight, you know, airplanes, and then that transitioned into space flight because it's just a bigger rocket, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, eventually NASA was created to handle just these peaceful purposes. So just space exploration, um, not militarizing it at all. You hear that, Trump? Not militarizing NASA. (laughs) So with this separation from the military, JPL was also transferred from the Army to NASA, turning its attention to the actual scientific payloads rather than just rockets, and shortly thereafter launching the Mariner 2 to Venus, becoming the world's first spacecraft to encounter another planet. The launching then was left to Von Braun, Eventually, NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center was built around Werner Von Braun headquarters in Huntsville, and he was named its first director. After that, he oversaw the construction of the Saturn launch vehicles, ones that would eventually take 27 U.S. astronauts to the moon and 12 to the surface. Isn't that crazy? He did amazing stuff. So he was a Nazi official, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he came over to the United States, he's one of the main reasons why we went to the moon in the first place. It's unbelievable. And then since then, of course, building off all the work that Von Braun did, um, NASA has sent spacecraft to the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, the Kuiper Belt, comets, and asteroids. All because of this Nazi's research. Second chances, y'all. Yeah. They're real. They're real. Well, that's just a... Okay, just a hard part of history. Yeah, it really is. Um, And uh, along with all of them, they have landed multiple times on Mars and are now headed for Jupiter's moon Europa to land as well. Really, really cool. We we wouldn't have the chance to do any of that. Or it's it's unknown if we would be able to do any of this without Werner von Braun. Yeah. And the explosion at uh, Caltech. Yeah. Dang. So I hope this episode gives you a little bit of an idea of the history of NASA and how it all ties down to their vision, which is we reach for new heights and reveal the unknown for the benefit of humankind. I, did you see anything about militarizing space in that vision? I didn't, but I did see for the benefit of humankind. Humankind as in Americans, right? No, human. Go kind. figure. Crazy. So NASA, thank you so much for all that you've done. Thank you to anyone whose family has been involved in any of these amazing NASA projects. And uh, despite what country you're in, whether you're in America and it's cool that you have NASA as part of your government, space exploration should always be internationally cooperative. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why one country needs to focus on being dominant in space. While a leader would be great to have every once in a while, every country has their own strengths and weaknesses, and that's why each of us need to work together to get to these planets like Mars and further beyond. So whatever your country may say, it's okay to hold the opinion um, that countries need to work together. Amen. Amen. 
All right, guys. Well, we still have some awesome episodes coming up, including some of Einstein's theory and how they theories and how they relate to um, theories of today, like from Stephen Hawking and um, finding that one true theory of everything, which is going to be awesome. We have an episode on flat Earth coming up finally um, to instruct everyone on the true shape of the Earth, which is flat, like a, this paper right yeah, in front of exactly me, exactly like this paper floating up at nine point eight meters per second squared into space. Um, we're going to dive into a really cool episode that I've been wanting to do for a while, which is quantum mechanics. Now, for those of you who are listening and are total nerds and know what this is, welcome back. Tell us if we're doing well. Uh, nerd is a positive term here. Uh, but for those of you who don't really know what quantum mechanics is, I'm going to take it down to the simplest level. Um, I'm going to be learning a lot with you when we prepare for that episode. So it's going to be really good. We're kind of inching towards understanding in that area, which is hard to understand for a lot of us. Yeah. I watched this one movie once on quantum theory oh. in an English class, Ooh. and they broke it down in a way that I really understand it, because it was these kids playing basketball, and then their atoms. It was a good one. If you guys have seen... Uh, so, some of the... Well, I'm just going to touch on this real quick. One of the cool things about quantum particles is that they pop in and out of existence. Yeah, that's what it was showing. <clears throat> and so, which... I don't know how I'm going to... How does that relate to nothing can be created or destroyed? I have no idea. I'm excited to learn. But yeah. if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they have to go through a quantum minefield where these minds are popping in and out of existence and they have to like travel through them. Remember when him and the uh, raccoon are like fighting for control of the ship? You haven't seen it? Nope. Oh, it's good. I just watched it recently. Oh. So that's kind of what it's like. Oh. <laughs> Guys, my pregnant wife is calling. Maybe she's going into labor. Oh, this is so exciting. Let's answer it. <laughs> You're here on Space But Messier uh, podcast. What's? Do you have any news? Hello. No news. Oh. Check it in. Oh, okay. Space But Messier thing. <laughs> I got so nervous. I know. We both got so excited. We were just froze and looked at it and let it ring for a little bit. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Have so much fun talking about Mars? Sure. Uh, NASA. Probably no Mars, NASA. yeah. NASA. Very cool. All right, Jen. Well, I'll I'll call you right after we're done. Yeah, we're about to be done. Bye. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> My heart just stopped. That would have been so cool. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> oh dang. So, well, um, that's NASA. That was really exciting. This is Flo. That's Tony. And this Hopefully. is Shauna. And we're Sean. done. Sean. <laughs> Shauna Sean. Right. Shauna Sean. Yeah. But hopefully the next time we talk to you, you'll have a baby in your arms. Thank you, everyone, for joining us as we <laughs> bribe children and set sail for paternity. Paternity, little V2 Rockies, and the Nazi party <laughs> at large. Thank you, Gestapo. Just Thanks. another day on Space of S here. Bye, guys. <laughs> Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Well, he's definitely an e-ticket.